Welcome to the Empower Your English Learner podcast, where we explore research, instructional strategies, leadership practices, and community initiatives that move the needle for English learners in school systems around the country. If you are a teacher, a school-based administrator, a district leader, or anyone who wants to do more for this group of students, then we are your home. In these episodes, we will explore ways to actively engage English learners in learning in the classroom, how to empower them so that they can achieve at higher levels, and how to ensure that they're more engaged and connected in the school community. We look forward to going through some ideas with you in our upcoming episodes. Welcome back. We want to continue this conversation about root causes around those challenges that we're seeing in public education. Um, in our first course, we really talked about some of those challenges. And to really understand what are those roots behind the challenges that we're facing, we really need to dig a little deeper to understand it. Hello, everyone. My name is Sandra Blotner. I'm a 26-year veteran in the field of public education. I've had the privilege of being a teacher, um, uh, instructional specialist, working in a curriculum and professional development, as well as um, a curriculum supervisor and central office administrator, and have worked on so many different initiatives. And I've not, all along the way, I've not lost my passion for the work. And I believe that all children can succeed. So with that in mind, I want to take you um, through some of the things that I've done as I've done learning, doing um, work around root cause analysis, around what needs to happen to improve things for children. Um, you can reach out to me and I enjoy engaging with those who are in the, our courses. So please reach out to me and those that are in this community um, at innovate at createsolutions.us. So let's get started. So I think when we talk about root causes, I thought this might be a nice graphic for you to think about it. When we think about the Titanic and what happened with um, all of the people that were traveling on that unbreakable ship, um, what they underestimated was they were looking at the iceberg in the distance. They weren't paying attention. They just knew that they were going to be fine no matter where they were. And they underestimated the power and the depth and breadth of the iceberg that was under the water. And many of you know, if you think about your cup of water, you usually see um, a little bit of the ice on top of the water, and usually most of the rest of the ice is underneath the water. And when I think about root causes, I think about it being the same way. What you see on the surface can be problematic. Um, it can be worrisome for many of us, but it really is just the surface to really get at what's causing the challenge. You have to go deeper. You have to understand the root. So I really love this image of the iceberg because it really gets you thinking about that. It's that reminder that any challenge you're facing, you've got to go deeper. You've got to understand the, what, what the work is around the challenge. And so that's really important. So when I worked with school, and that's in the, 
the district that I've worked on and worked in in the past, as well as I've worked with other districts, some of the work that we've done is really to try to delve into data and understanding what levels of data will help us better understand our students. So I like to look at it as three levels. We start with the classroom level. So that's what our teachers have access to very readily. It's the student sample. It's the grades. It would be the formative assessment data. It's the, the quizzes. It's the final exam. All of those things would be part of your quantitative data. And when we really are building those collaborative practices across grade levels, across the school, across districts, it really helps when you have common assessments. And so I highly, highly recommend that we look at building those practices in place. And again, another strategy when we talk about formative assessments, but also common assessments are an important strategy to really help to improve teams when you're looking at a common tool and you're really able to then analyze how students are doing against that common tool and discuss some practices as teachers. Um, district level data is really important. And district level data could be, again, like I'm talking about those common assessment, but it also could be um, some norm reference assessments. I know some um, school systems will use things like NWA, they use the MAP assessment, MAP R, MAP M. Um, some are using Renaissance Learning, they use the STAR assessment. Um, there is um, the, the DORA and the DOMA, which really kind of are analyzing reading and math. So there are various assessments that you can use, and I know different districts, depending on where you are and what tools are in place that you can use systemically across the system to understand what you where your students are and you can then also disaggregate that data by demographics but don't forget your state level data and there are two sets of state level data that you can consider there's your content data i'm thinking about um, in the state of maryland it was park um, they're going to, there's going to be the Maryland Comprehensive Assessment Program starting um, and really focusing on math and literacy. But remember, and this is something that I've sometimes seen some districts forget, science is really important as well. And I know that a lot of time has been spent on literacy and math, but science is also critical because we need more children going into math and science fields. And so another area to make sure you're focusing in on, I talked about project-based learning in the, um, in the previous course, and this Project-based learning is a beautiful way to do an intersection between literacy, mathematics, and science. So keep that in mind. So when I think about analyzing quantitative data, we're really looking at what are those data points that we can um, look at and analyze together. We're looking for patterns. We're looking for trends. We can disaggregate them by different demographics and really get a better picture of what's happening in the district. How many students are performing on level? How many students are performing below level? in math and literacy. How many students are in advanced courses and are performing well? How many students are doing well in their district assessments? And so these are just some of the data points that we can use to help us guide our conversation is very helpful at the classroom level. It's important on that, that um, professional learning or collaborative team level to have those discussions at the grade level team. And then of course, across the building and ultimately largely at the district level. So this is the way we can start looking at patterns and trends to find those bright spots and also find those challenge areas.
In addition to that, we can also look at qualitative data. And I really love qualitative data. Um, I was reading a book the other day, Street Data, and it was just really talking about how important it is to get close to the ground to really understand what's happening out there, the perceptions that are out there, and what that might mean for the work. So some of the ways that um, leaders and teachers can do this is to collect and analyze voice data. When I say voice data, I'm thinking about what are those perspectives from various stakeholders? What are our teachers saying is working and not working? What about our students? What are the things that are really impactful for them and are helping them learn or barriers to their learning? What are our principals saying? What do their teachers need? And what are some areas that are really going very well and that they need to be extending across the building? Um, what are the community members saying and parents? Do we understand what seems to be working for them? Do we understand how they need to be communicated with? So all of these voices can help us get triangulate to get a picture of what's happening from the perspective um, on an objective level, but from various vantage points. And that's so, so important. So one of the things that I've learned over time is whenever you're trying something new, it's best to figure out those who might have done it before you. Um, there are many ways to learn. You can learn by making the mistakes yourself, or you can learn vicariously from the mistakes of others. And the, and the learning that they've done. And so I really like to consider how do you benchmark yourself against other systems, usually starting with really knowing your demographics and then looking at systems that have similar demographics and then kind of using that to figure out, I like to often create charts um, with the names of the different organizations, with the contact folks, and then the questions that I, I want to have answered try to make sure no more than three to four because otherwise it gets too much and unwieldy and then really kind of reach out to those systems and gather data about what they're noticing if i'm focusing on parent outreach my two to three questions might be around parent outreach if i'm focusing around literacy then maybe I have some questions around literacy. If I'm focusing on programming, then I have a few questions on programming. And those questions I usually like to make sure we agree upon um, with each other. So just an example of how you might benchmark with other systems. And that gives you another way to look for patterns and trends about what was working for them, what wasn't working, what were some of their learnings of things that they're gonna do again, whether those things they're gonna stay away from. And by talking to um, different leaders, you can really get a sense of what um, their learning was so that you can do that vicarious learning. Um, another way to consider um, gathering data is really kind of conducting classroom observations. So what does it look like? Often when you're doing classroom observations to make sure that you're getting some consistent data as you collect, and this is another form of qualitative data, is you're looking at using some sort of a standard protocol. Maybe you have a group of questions, some, some things that you want to answer about maybe some practices that were taught in a professional development session, and you want to see how it's going. So you want to do that data collection, and you want to use a common tool or a rubric to kind of guide your conversation so that you can not only gather the data with multiple folks across multiple schools, 
you know, using a similar lens to kind of guide the process. But then it's often good to be able to then start looking at patterns and trends, either within a building, within a grade level team, within a building, with across multiple schools. What are those patterns and trends that you're noticing? What was the goal? Where are they in relation to the goal? And what additional professional development might be needed? What are those best practices that need to be embedded that are currently in place that aren't in place? Um, are they implemented the curriculum that has been rolled out? And if they are, where are those bright spots? What are you seeing where you're seeing the practice lead to outcomes? And then if they're not, what might the professional development need to be to support um, these schools? So those are the questions that you need to be asking and considering. One thing that I know, and there have been several um, different groups that have done some analysis, Ed Trust is one where they were really kind of digging into how well, um, I know that TNTP has also done this, really looking at how many of our students, even when they're in grade level classes on level or above, are actually engaging with grade level standards. So really creating a rubric of what it should look like when students are engaging with grade level standards and doing things like analyzing artifacts. An artifact could be student samples, right? So you have students um, respond to a prompt. The prompt itself is an artifact and student writing is an artifact. And both could be analyzed using a rubric to say, are we looking at the identified criteria? What do we notice? Are students meeting standard? Are they able to produce a certain amount of level of um, writing? Um, and so those are just some things to understand. You can also use um, a rubric with artifacts such as, this is kind of looking systemic level, if you're looking at memos, you're looking at some of the catalogs that have been developed, you're looking at some of the communication that has been sent out. And are we really reaching out to make sure that all students have access to the resources that we're saying all students deserve? And so again, when we talk about artifacts, it could be really looking at some things that are from the classroom level, but it also could be um, artifacts at the district level. And both of them can be very, very important. So as we think about this, it's so important for us to be thinking about our end goal. At the end of the day, when we think about this work and we're trying to get to the root causes, our end goal is to make sure that more students are ready to achieve at their highest levels. So it's very, very important because we want them to be literate. We want to make sure that students are becoming independent learners. And to do that, we've got to build their ability to to learn and apply their learning in novel context. So that's very, very important. Well, I hope that you were able to get a lot out of this session today. Hopefully you'll try to do a root cause analysis in your area. It could be just in your school building and you're really trying to get to some root causes around what's going on, why is that happening? And when you get the, the answer to that, why is that happening? And you get the answer to that, why is that happening? And you keep going at least five times down. And usually as you go deeper, you tend to get closer to your root causes. Again, everyone, I wanna let you know 
some of the learning that I've done over time in the organization has been around this work. How do we use a variety of data sources to inform the work? Well, in this book, Leading Success for Diverse Learners, Transforming the Matrix of Your School System, Elena tackles that very thing. She's frustrated with not seeing students performing at high levels. She is really not sure if she's got the right team to help her do it. But she digs in and she begins to do this work with her leadership team to uncover the best practices that she needs to be successful. And that is exactly what we like to do in Create Solutions. Our goal is to help organizations tackle those tough challenges that they're facing. And you know, sometimes what can be very frustrating when we are constantly encountering, this, encountering the same challenges is we keep doing the same things over and over again. But what if we use different tools? And what if we um, did our problem solving? We collaborated, we did decision making, and we were able to effectively innovate around the work and the work that's challenging us to find the best solution. So that's what it's all about. And that is what Elena did. She began to collaborate with her leadership team and engage her stakeholders to get better results. So I hope that you will go and get your copy of um, Leading Success for Diverse Learners. I would love to hear, hear from you after you've read it to tell me some of the things that you're going to take away back into your own context. And please share with others so that they can learn about what Elena has done as well. So again, as we think about this work, I want you to be thinking about, are you tired of failed change efforts? And if so, what are those tools that you need to help transform your team? I want to challenge you to think about that so that we can bring it back. Now, before we go, another thing I want to share with you, and you will have access to this presentation, I do want you to know that there are a couple of, of resources here that can help you. Um, there is a resource about graduation rates, another one about just some facts about our language acquisition, some things to be thinking about. There's an article um, from Stanford about the achievement gap and connections to poverty. So lots of lots of questions for you to be thinking about that might help you to kind of explore some of those challenges that we talked about in the first course. Um, so I want to make sure that you are aware of that so that you're able to delve into it. Additionally, one thing that I want you also to be aware of is that there is um, a handout for you that will kind of go through those different takeaways around doing a root cause analysis in your district. So I look forward to working with you in a future course. Take care. Visit us at createsolutions.us and let us work with you to develop diverse learners and leaders so that they can become change agents in their fields of study and industry.